What do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of Audacity and Advice, where their wheels and yours get turned upside down. Hey everyone, it's Rachel Silver Cohen and Dr. Boca, and this is Unpolished Therapy. Hi, Lori. How are you? I'm good. How are you? It's been a while. I know. I know. Well, you know, we make plans and God laughs, right? And life gets in the way, but we're back and here we are. And I hope that our listeners have multiplied like the coronavirus. And and we're kind of a little bit more in a groove from where we started, right? We are, except that I think it's important for our audience to know that we've had a mild setback in that we finally got the technology piece amazing. We spoke to our editor. He was so impressed with how far we had come. And then all of a sudden, I had an outbreak in my house of COVID. I did not have it, but other member of my family did. And so we've had to now separate again. And now we have to go back to our old technology. And the people who are listening to this may hear a few little noises and ums and ahs and poor quality as opposed to where we had hoped to be by this point. So we apologize, but we are going to persevere and we are going to do this in two different homes and see how it works. Yep. And we're just going to get by, folks, because... That's all we can do. And we're all learning. And I think as evidenced by just the world we're living in now, it is what it is. And we have to make the best of it. So instead of packing up and going home, no pun intended, um, <laughs> we're going to roll up our sleeves and figure out a way to just keep the ball moving down the field. So that's what we're doing. But Lori, let me ask you a question because you know what you just said now, you know, you had an episode in your house and how does that affect the other people that are in your world and where does it start and where does it and, you know, I have found over the last several months, we as a society want to be people who are non-judgmental, mm-hmm. right? But somehow, no matter how hard we try, that judgment piece is there, whether it's the secret shame, which, and shame is such a, I don't even think that's the right word because you can't be ashamed of a pandemic that's happening globally. It's no one's fault per se, but there's questions that come into play. Oh my God, so-and-so is COVID or who were they exposed to or how did it happen? Or were they as responsible as they could have been? Did they take their foot off of the gas or how does that affect me, 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 me? And then it comes back to the other person Mm -hmm. and I'm seeing it from so many different angles. So you having dealt with this now firsthand, what are your thoughts on it? Well, it's a beast unto its own for sure. And the judgment piece is real. And the shame piece is real also. I don't think there's a reason to be shameful or to feel ashamed about contracting it. But there is a piece of it where you feel like you have a scarlet letter on you and that people are saying, oh, well, it's about time they got it because they traveled. Or, oh, were they not clean enough? And did they not wash their hands enough? Or huh, what were they doing that they got it? And, you know, it's hard. It's definitely hard to sit with. I don't think that this virus makes a lot of sense. I think we all try to do what we can do to be kind, thoughtful to other people, i.e. wear a mask when I walk into a store. When I was recording with you, I always came in with a mask. When we recorded, we sat six feet away. You know, there were things that you do to be courteous to other people. You wash your hands, you scrub pretty hard. 
Those were all things that we did. But the fingers have been pointed at us because we travel. But I traveled, my kids traveled, my husband traveled, and only one of us got it. And we actually can track it back to not actually having gotten it by traveling. We were exposed by somebody else who we had spent a lot of time with. And unbeknownst to us, they were exposed. And then they, unbeknownst to them, exposed it to us. So it's one of those situations where it really takes on a life of its own and it touches so many people. And even when I retroed in my calendar to think about all the people I came in contact with, it was remarkable to me how there were so many people without doing a lot of stuff because how often am I out and about doing a million things? But yeah, I had to call this person. I mean, so much so I had to call my own therapist and say, oh my God, I am so sorry. I had no symptoms when you saw me, but I needed to let you know that somebody in my family tested positive. Do you feel as though with all those people that you called, you had gotten a broad spectrum of responses? To my point earlier, with that judgment, some people, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? And then other people who, you know, I'll raise my hand, (laughs) you know, just that, that narcissistic piece in me, that I don't know if I'm proud of or shameful of or what, maybe somewhere in the middle where it's like, oh my God, now there's a magnifying glass and now what? So I'm wondering with the people that you came into contact with, if we point it back towards that judgment, did you see a wide range of reactions? Absolutely. I, I was sitting in the urgent care with my kids and myself getting tested and people were texting me, well, should I go get tested? Do I have it? Oh my God, what does this mean? Do I have to get my kids tested? Oh my God, but wait, I don't understand. We have this to do this weekend. Like, what does that mean, right? And I had other people say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that you guys are going to get tested. Is there anything we can do? Please keep us posted. Other people checked in every day. Some of my people didn't check in at all. And I sat there feeling terrible. I felt horrible. Obviously, I didn't want to give this to anybody. And then to know that if I did give it to my therapist, now my therapist must have given it to all of their patients, right? Fortunately, after numerous, numerous tests, I never tested positive for it, but I did quarantine. We did everything we were supposed to do, but there was judgment even on that. You know, first of all, nobody knows what to do. That's the crazy part about it. How long do I stay? Well, what if I was exposed to you? Am I free after the 10 to 12 days or 14 days, depending on symptomology? Well, I never tested positive. So what do you do then? Because now I was exposed to somebody. I quarantined, but now somebody was exposed to me, but I actually never had the virus. So there's all of this stuff. But I was like, seriously, people, I'm worried about my family because we're exposed. I can't make these decisions for you. And I think that's been the biggest thing for people. Yeah. And I remember when you said to me, I'm so worried about everyone else. I haven't even had a second to wrap my head around the fact that this is happening in my world. And you know, kudos to you because you did do the right and not, I mean, I would imagine you, you would like to think that people would do the quote unquote right thing. You don't know because you don't know what goes on in other people's heads, but kudos to you for having to make those calls. I just had a phone call with a girlfriend of mine who was like, I didn't feel good or whatever. And I got tested and so, and, and she's fine. But the thought of the dread of having to pick up the phone and make that call and let someone know. And then again, where does it start and where does it end? Did you have children in the house? Did you have children in your car? Just doing your normal routine, trying to do right by the world and the people in your bubble. But then the second there's a pin in that bubble, 
all hell comes crashing down and it's like, oh my God, oh my God. I wonder as a therapist, I don't know if it's your natural inclination or not that you have thought processes in your head, how people react to certain scenarios. I would imagine you do just by nature of your craft. Well, I think we're very aware of the personality styles of people. And there are people that I will respond to with more of a container to try to contain their emotions because they need that. I know what they need in that moment. But it's others I can say something to and they'll take it for what it is and they'll run with it and do what they need to do. But it's interesting when it turns on you, right? You get to see how people react to things and it fits their personality style. Are they able to turn it off and focus it on you? Or are they so self-involved? Or are they incapable of handling this minor stressor? I say minor, but it really is. It, it's a virus, right? And you know, speaking to COVID, that is at least, you know, if you're not in a high-risk population and you are relatively healthy, now versus last March, we have a lot more information on how to handle it. But still, to see everybody kind of go through their process, and that's what it is. And I, again, life lesson 847, we all have a process. We all deal with stress in different ways, just like we all cast judgment in different ways, right? It's just, who are we to cast judgment about how people process their information? And yet we all do. I think we do. And I think we need to take ownership of it. And if we walk around saying, I don't cast judgment, I don't cast judgment, I don't cast judgment. It's like the person who says, you know, I'm trying to think of an example, but... um, isn't there that quote from Shakespeare, Dost? Oh, oh, yeah. Though Dost who protests too yeah. much. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That one. Okay. <laughs> right. Exactly. Cool. Yes. Though thou dost protest too much. Anyone who's spewing it out and spewing it out and spewing it out. I mean, what insecurity do you have that you have to keep laying it on everyone? I'm so smart. I'm so smart. I'm so smart. Well, if you were that smart, you probably don't need to tell the whole world how smart you are. Exactly. You know, things to that, to that point. But I do think that the judgment piece, we have to take ownership that we're human and we are dealing at least COVID related. And I know that you could look at the broad spectrum and, and carry this across the board with any psychosis type of topic, but COVID specific, we have to focus on what the task is at hand. And we can't judge but we do. And then maybe we just need to take a step back and look at it from a different lens, right? Yes. I think it's important. You know, we have to remember that a great percentage of what we say and do, particularly what we say and even think are projections, right? And we project our thoughts and our fears onto other people. So that's what judgment is. It's saying way more about you than it is about the person you're judging. Mm -hmm. And that's where we can stop the judgment in that we can look at the judgment and say, okay, but what is it that we're trying to communicate in this judgment? Is it our fear? Is it putting blame on somebody? Is it that we feel as though they let us down and we want to shame them? I don't know. Again, this isn't therapy, but this... Right. This may be a good time to point out, everyone, that in no way, shape, or form, as we try to remind you folks, this is not real therapy. This is unpolished therapy, right? Unpolishedtherapy.com. Head over to the website if you want to read all of our disclaimers because we do not want Lori's license getting pulled out under the rug from her. But again, guys, you know, in no way, shape, or form does listening to what we have to say or interacting with us on social media or any of our content that we're putting out there and disseminating to you. It's not a doctor-patient relationship. It's 
two people shooting the shit, kicking the can around, and we're just sharing our thought processes on, on all of it. So um, thank you for so covering ass. I'm trying to cover your unpolished ass <laughs> on that one. I, and I'm going to be honest with you, relative to this judgment piece, and maybe you can help me again, break down the wreckage on this, because I'm admitting that I do have judgment with this COVID thing. I do. And I battle within my own unpolished mind if it's valid or not. Because my thought process as of late has been months and months and months ago when COVID was a word that I remember someone had said to me, COVID. I didn't even know what they were talking I thought it was coronavirus. And I, was I don't like, know how it shifted. Thing, or is that like an acronym? Or is that like the code name? So when it was the beginning of it becoming what it has now come to be, I think at the time I was more forgiving, and, and I don't mean that literally, but proverbially speaking, for people who had gotten it because it was out of anyone's control, right? We didn't know where it came from. Oh my God, this was a brand new problem that we were all faced with. And the forgiveness of people who had had it, I think in the beginning, there was a lot more grace, okay? Now, as time has gone on, and people are losing their jobs and businesses are shutting down and schools are closing and we're all trying to navigate our way and pivot and the economy. I mean, that in and of its right. So now here we are and we do, to your point earlier, we have more and more information. There's medication, there's this, there's that, there's masks, there's washing your hands. There, I mean, you, you can't go anywhere now without a sign somewhere, whatever. Okay. We, we all know what COVID is, coronavirus, call it what you will. My personal opinion, right, wrong, or indifferent, has been at this stage of the game, if someone now is getting COVID, does that mean that they took their foot off of the gas? Like, where did they or who they were with or whatever, where's the disconnect? Because if they had just done A, B, C, and D, would they not have gotten it? So I like, think put my place because I'm sure no, no, there's, there, I'm not putting anyone in their place. I, I think there's two ways to look at this. Logically, you know, A plus B plus C equals D. I'm no math person, but if you do X, Y, and Z, you're going to reduce your chances. Reduce is the key word. I don't think that's the whole picture. As a psychologist, the thing that I pay a lot of attention to also is the psychological toll that this has taken and the damage that's being taken or being done by the interventions that we've used. So for instance, am I for masks? Yes, I'm for masks, put a mask on. Like, you know, if you're going to go see somebody, put a mask on. But I'm not for closing schools. I'm not for um, shutting down our economy because all that that did was it hurt the financial well-being of so many people. It not only forget our economy per se, but in within a household, it hurt our financial livelihood. The psychological toll it took isolating people for so long, particularly children who need social interaction. The increase in alcoholism, drug abuse, physical abuse, emotional, sexual abuse in the households, kids not being able to eat, families not getting their free lunches, families not getting enough money so that they can be able to provide food on the table, the increase in poverty level. I mean, all of these things to me has far greater reach and a far greater impact long-term than the actual COVID virus. And so therefore, I think that we have to weigh the pros and the cons and kind of look at it and say, okay, where's that sweet spot? Because yes, you can go out and wear the mask and you're still doing all the things that you want. But if we're going to shut down the world again, 
I think we're going to do a very big disservice to everybody. And that's going to be way worse than if people listened or didn't listen to the A plus B plus C things that you could do. I agree. And I certainly am not signing up for another big shutdown at all. I think back to the judgment piece, though, when you say what decisions one person's making versus another from a social perspective, we have young children, right? Both of us. Mm -hmm. And how do we keep them socially above par so that they're not sinking down the rabbit hole because they've been isolated or they're living in a world now that is unbeknownst to any of us. And that is scary. I know in my own household, I'm having trouble keeping track of my own rules. And again, back to the judgment, when you say like it's a reflection of you, meaning you being me, I think I'm becoming self-aware enough to realize all this judgment I'm placing, it's really back on myself. My kids are the ones who are calling me out on it. Mom, why can't we go play basketball today? Yesterday, you said that we could, okay? Mm -hmm. Why am I not allowed to do blah, blah, blah now? But four days ago, you said it was okay. And I, in my own head, am so twisted because I don't know. Because this thing keeps moving and shaking and twisting and turning. And I've said this to you before. It's like, where are the adults in the room? (laughs) Oh my God, I want to tap out, you know, tag, someone else be it. And I've had to sit the kids down and say, guys, I know it must feel really confusing because the rules are changing and I'm sorry. And I want to try to keep things linear and routine and whatever, but we're not dealing with something that's finite. We have to, I guess, adapt to the situation, adjust accordingly. And if on a Tuesday, I feel as though I'm a little bit more comfortable with you hanging out with so-and-so because I know exactly who that so-and-so is and where they've been and so on and so forth. But then three days later... Yeah, I don't. I I don't. But in that moment, I think I did. Maybe a little bit of it. You know, we've talked about this before. Parenting is really freaking hard. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it is just easier to wave the flag and say, oh, okay, fine. You're healthy. You know, seemingly so. Thank God. And what is that exposure if I let you go outside and play basketball for an hour outside? Make sure you come home, strip down, wash your hands, go take a shower. Like, are we mitigating the risk more than if if I'm I'm not going to let you sleep at someone's house? I don't want you inside anyone's house. I think you're hitting on it. You know, we can look at it this way. I'm going to use an example of my grandmother. Okay. My grandmother's 98 years old. Okay. Right. And I've seen her take a terrible turn for the worse as COVID has gone on because she lives at home, has a full-time aide and hasn't seen anyone in eight months. And I believe, me personally, I believe that at 98 years old, you're going to die very soon. Maybe she has five more years. Maybe she has one more year. Maybe she has 10 more years. I don't think we're going to get more than 10 out of her, right? I don't think we're going to get even close. But shouldn't she live that time happy and alive, right? So to me, exposing her on the small case or the small chance that she gets it makes sense to me. Bring her over here. Now, we haven't. We've done it once and we did it for a 15-minute little stint outside. But that's because there are other people in my family that are more concerned about it and they want to be able to see her again, which I understand. I believe that let her go out with a bang and at least be happy. I would subscribe to that too. And she's not my grandma, but if she was, I think in a way it would be, I mean, this is going to sound really unpolished, but it would be so liberating to say like, here you have someone that you love. They've lived this beautiful life. They're probably without trying to be 
you know, negative, they're on their way out and not go out swinging. So I'd say, grandma, come on over. I'll come to you. Let's break bread. Let's drink wine. Tell me stories, share your wisdom. And I'm not going to, with purpose, cough on you or sneeze on you or rub up against you. But I want to give you a hug and I want to smell your skin and I want to, you know, have you tickle my arm and, and all the things we've done throughout our whole life and let the chips fall where they may. So I agree with that. And I think that that, you just used a great analogy, let the chips fall where they may. I do believe that in many ways, this is like gambling, right? And I think we all, rather than judging each other, we have to sit inside ourselves and decide what are we okay doing for us, for our family? What is okay for us? And we have to be okay with that. And part of it is when we see somebody else who is doing something that we don't agree with, who the fuck cares? It's none of our business what other people are doing. Do what works for you and be confident and comfortable. I can't tell you how many people I talk to who are compromised even and they can't sit at home because they have spielkas, okay, which is like ants in your pants, right? So spielkies. Spielkies, okay, spielkas, spielkies, all the same thing, right? So what do they do? <laughs> you say tomato, I say tomato. But basically... They're going to get their hair colored or they're going to get their nails done because that's their priority. Some people are working out. Some people aren't. Some people are eating at their clubs. Some people aren't. And usually they feel okay with the decisions that they're making. The only time that that changes is if there's a situation, somebody that was exposed. There's a wreckage. And then, you know, they were driving down the street beautifully and then everything was fine. No cares in the world. All of a sudden, boom, crash. Now what do we do? Right. So I would like people to spend more time not judging what other people are doing and figure out what feels good for them. We are very okay with doing things. We want to live life to the fullest. We have no idea how long this is going on. Now we understand the risk, right? And we are going to do everything to prevent other people from getting it. We're going to do everything in our power to prevent it without giving up our life, right? Yeah, yes. But you know, I'm going to use myself as an example, right? So half of the time, I'm not with my kids. So for instance, today, okay? You and I are Zooming and we're doing our thing and all that. And, you know, when we sign off and, and say goodbye to our listeners, now I have a, a chunk of time. And, well, what am I going to do at that time? I, I'd love to chit chat with a friend or go out to dinner or whatever. And I think in my head, what is the risk reward? You know, I don't want to be antisocial. I don't want to self isolate, but then I get nervous. Is it really worth it to go out and have sushi or a glass of wine or whatever and then take that risk? It, I'm okay if it's just me. But then I have kids and then I have parents. And that, again, is where, where does the rubber meet the road? Where do we start and where do we finish? And at the end of the day, I want to be able to put my head down on the pillow and feel as though I've done right by the people that I care about because I couldn't live with myself if I was the reason that they got sick. Well, you'll never know if you were the reason they got sick, right? You have no idea. That's the whole thing. You're either all in or all out is really the only way you can make that determination. Um, hello, Lori, have you met me? I mean, that's the story of my life. I'm either in or I'm out. But you're not with COVID. And that's my point. If that's where you live and that's where you feel safest, then you got to either be all in or all out. If you venture out in any way, shape or form, you have taken that thought process and now you have no idea where you could possibly get it from, right? And you cr- increase your anxiety exponentially because you've diluted the little bubble that you're in. And again, I say this all the time, there's no judgment. 
You could be all the way to this extreme or all the way to this extreme. You just have to feel comfortable with it. And if it doesn't feel comfortable for you, it doesn't matter what other people are thinking. And it certainly doesn't matter what other people are doing. If you're that afraid of the virus, you stay home. But understand that there are risks about doing that, just like there are risks about exposing yourself. Exposing yourself is going to increase the chances that you get coronavirus or COVID or whatever the hell it's called. Staying home is going to decrease the chances that you get COVID, but there's going to be a lot of psychological and economic issues associated with it. And either or is okay, or be in the middle somewhere and hedge your bets and gamble. Yeah. If you've seen my gambling acumen, it's not that good. So it's like... (laughs) Got a, a whole big pile of wreckage here. I don't know if we've broken it all down because the reality is, is that this thing is ever changing and moving and we can only hope that the decisions we make are the right ones for the moment. And that's all you can do is use the information you have. That's all you can do. Well, thanks for helping me break down the wreckage. I, I'm exhausted and I need either a, a shot of scotch or an immunity. Yeah. I, I don't know. Again, it's all or none with me. So. Whatever. But everyone, thanks for checking in and listening in. And I hope we were able to help everyone else out there break down the wreckage. And Lori, you always make me feel better. Oh, I make you feel something. I think the Xanax helps more. Right now, again, I don't know if I should take my temperature or if I should take the scotch out of the, out of the cabinet. I'm all screwed up. So we're going to have to have another session really soon. Absolutely. Take care. All right, honey. Ciao, ciao. Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone, like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next. Subscribe now and please give the girls a five-star rating. Learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com. Find and like them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next week when Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca ditch the couch, grab the mic, and break down all the wreckage. <laughs>